All right, I'm here in the studio with uh, my friend Michael Sandow. Mike, a.k.a. Sandy, Sandy Two Sticks. That's me. It's good to see you, dude. Um, so uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Got you in the studio. Um, been looking forward to sitting down with you and just uh, having one of our many conversations that we have here Let's on the podcast. It. Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, right on, man. We'll uh, go ahead and... Uh, well, not introduce yourself, man. Tell tell us tell us a little bit about uh, what uh, you know. Have, what brought you to Arkansas and all, all that? Ah, okay. Well, I lived in California for thirty years. Uh, Twenty one in L.A. Or I'm sorry, in the Bay. Ten in L.A., where I worked in the film business um, for about ten years. Always wanted to be in that business. That's where you have to move if you want to be in that business. Um, I have family in that industry. Um, that I knew I'd be able to get in a little easier than other people because it's kind of a hard industry to break into. So I went to film school and... Where did um, you go to film school? L.A. Film School. Cool. Uh, you know, so, if there would have been anything like that around here, I had a... Fa- I, like, I, is a I took a couple of film classes in college and it's a super fascination of mine. It's awesome. That's why one of the reasons why I want, I want a podcast is videos for the gym and stuff is because... And well, I did that in, in college and things too. It's just uh, I love doing it. Well... The program that they really need to do more of that kind of stuff. It's not like a theory type program, which you know I I couldn't care less about that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted something that was really hands on and intense because that's the kind of person I am, really visual. And from the get go, they you know this is kind of how they frame their school. It's like we put a camera in your hands right off the bat, first day, you know, and it's you just learn very hands. And then introduction to like I didn't want any of that that stuff that you learn at USC and the stuff that all that, that was stuff. always my fascination was yeah, USC. See, I, I just don't have the, the capacity up there for that. We're all wired kind of different. And I just, yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like, I mean, why I have the fascination, I feel like it's like the, the Ivy league of film schools, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's an accurate statement, but I don't know any other film schools out there that are, um, is well known. I mean, for me being like in high school, getting out of high school. So did you do any theater, any acting, anything in high school? You know, I didn't do a whole lot of that except at my senior year there was a, I guess they, I can't even remember what it was called now, but they kind of made a class. I believe it was my junior year. It was it was a film kind of based class that you'd work with some of the drama students. I never did drama. Um, I, I did drama all through high school. Man, I just, you know what? I... I always wanted to do that because I'm kind of a clown, but it was kind of terrifying in a way. You know, I, I couldn't imagine doing it in a bigger high. I had a, a small pro. There was like a. I mean, it was a good program, but like, um, I couldn't imagine doing it in like a bigger high school than I was in. You right, know, right, right. Uh, I was actually. Yeah, I did a little bit of technical direction work. Well, see, that's awesome. That, it was cool. I didn't do very much lighting and very much audio. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's been what I've like, you know, tried to learn more about mm-hmm. uh, you actually, I've been uh, talking about you on the podcast cause you lit the room and, uh, looks great. Yeah, by the thanks way. so much looks guy. Great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, helping me out, um, with, with the podcast cause as, uh, you, I talked to you about it for a super long time. I've been wanting to do it for a long time yeah. and you helped me kind of set up some things in the room. So muchas gracias. My pleasure.
That well, is a pleasure, that kind of stuff. I really enjoy lighting and geeking out on that kind of stuff. I know. I'm going to have my uh, the guy that uh, I was with the director when I was in high school and is now the technical director for Russellville here. And uh, he's, man, he's like, he used to teach me guitar. Uh, his name's Dan Stahl. Oh, uh, he's not a young guy? He's, you know, he's like, I don't know. 40-ish. Okay. I'm thinking Yeah, else. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, he, uh, he he was just getting started in his teaching when I uh, w- got to high school, so he was a big influence on me, and uh, I talked to him about coming on the podcast, and I'm uh, looking forward to having him on, but he's a, he is a theater guy through and through. He had his own production company at one point. So, uh, did you, have you done anything other than, uh, like, or, you know, film you did, uh, like early on, did you do any acting or anything as a child, childhood actor? No, uh, nothing like that. I just always had a camera in my hand from the time that, you know, when, once I got to be a teenager, I really wanted to do video stuff. And I wanted to be a cinematographer from a young age. I didn't really know what that meant, but I did know that they had a hand in making the, the you know, movie look beautiful. I didn't know what that meant, and once I learned what it meant, I thought it was overwhelming um, because you have a lot of. It's, it's a lot less gl- glamorous than it sounds. I'm well, sure. Well, it's it's and awesome, but it's man, y- you it's not just you need to you're in control of all these different departments. You're in control of uh, set lighting, grips, and camera. So it's like it's a position of power where you you need to. It's not just the craft of it. You need to be able to know how to how to say this is what i need to get done and that's 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 hard for some people you know that's not really my personality to be like telling people this is what needs to get done i need this to get done i I was much better at being a camera assistant which is what i was for 10 years and say hey mike we need you to do this you got it would you would you consider that to be like an i mean like you were working as an apprentice basically i mean the people that you were working under that were you know, you were assisting where they had been in the game like 10 years longer than you? Well, I mean, there were some people in the game for decades, you know. I mean, as far as an apprentice, I, that's that's how you start out. You start out as you get paid minimum wage, whatever that is, and you just pay your dues for however long until somebody is ready to say, hey, you did a great job on that movie. Uh, you know, we'd like you to have you on this movie. Um, only this time we're going to give you a, you know, a position where you're going to get paid for real and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you still got, you got to climb to the top. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at a second ago is that it's, there's a lot of politics involved and man, you know, I just didn't know how to play that game. Still don't know if I really know how, um, you know, and I was into a lot of stupid stuff. I like really, if you want to get in the film business at an early age, like, you need to be focused. You need to not. You need to be screwing up as little as possible. I was just not ready for prime time. Really, that's the truth. I mean, I think it would. I'm just to speculate because I mean I've been to Southern California several times, but definitely not born and raised there like yourself. Um, but I mean, this is a hot topic in the in the the Red Scare eras of American history and now. But the Hollywood lifestyle. That is a different grind altogether as I perceive it. Like, what would you say about that? I mean, because <clears throat> you kind of, I guess, grew up in that, man. Uh, I mean, more or less. Like, how how old were you when you were going out to Hollywood for the first time? 
Man, well, I have an uncle that is a film producer. And he's kind of a big deal. He is. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, <coughs> if you don't mind, I, I got you. Yeah, you know, because here's how I found out about... Um, I knew that you'd filmed some. I knew that you'd filmed some movies, just like what we're talking about right now. And I was like, "Well, that's that's cool." You know, you just I heard. I don't know how you knew that. Well, I, somebody vaguely, maybe Michael or someone, told okay. me that you did just like worked in the film business, in California. I mean, which is just totally. I mean, I'm like, and that's a very broad thing. And I mean, and you, and then I was like, "Well, cool," you know. And I like, I just, I was friends with you on Facebook, and I like typed your name in to see what you worked <laughs> on or something. And in like the first thing that came up, it was like uh, Bridges. <laughs> no, that's no that I got later into that. But it was like um, f fun trivia. Jerry Bruckheimer's nephew, right. uh, uh, movie producer, and uh, s some of the movies that I think he worked as camera assistant on were um, some of his, some films that he was involved with as producer or director or both. Um, but uh, you know that. So I was like, whoa, that's uh, that's cool. And uh, obviously, um, I think I, I was just interested when I heard that you were in the film business because, uh, like I said, I have an interest. I actually wrote my, uh, you know, when you're a senior in high school and you have to write these, um, it's like a senior paper. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to do it when I was an undergraduate in college. I had to do a master's thesis. It just gets bigger every time, but it's like, it's like your senior t term paper. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it on the history of film. Which is like the, the, you mean the very beginning, starting with all. Yeah, this? it was like a encyclopedia article type. It was just a very basic overview, you know. Right. All but the genealogy it, from this to now we have this, where nothing's even real CGI. All well, that. see, at that time uh, we weren't even that evolved because I was getting out of high school in like '06. I mean, but yeah, I did start on some of that for right, sure. Right, right. Think about how far we've come in that time. Well, you know what? I used to be against some of that, but man, if they're able to use that as a tool and tell a story, then I'm all for it because that's all it is, a storytelling. I agree. But it used to be like the same thing with film dying because film was big. I was one of maybe the last generation to be trained with these film cameras that were around for decades. And then right when I was coming in, film, oh, sorry, film goes bye-bye. And it was one of those things that was like, no, I don't want film to go bye-bye. But then when it did go bye-bye, it was way easier. So then I'm thinking... It's like, why was I holding on to the film thing? It was almost just like an ego thing. I work with film. Dude, I can't Real even film. keep track of the um, like digital quality anymore. It's like, oh, it you keeps... want 10,000, 100,000p? I know, I know, I know. Well, uh, you know what? I have an Ultra opinion on that. XD. I think a lot of that is just um, marketing. I do time. too, dude. I got an P, HD Nobody camera. knows what the P means. The 1080p? Do you yeah. know what the P stands for? No. Right. There you go. What's it stand for? Progressive. You know, and I kind of understand what that means. Not really. It's better. Progressive is better. Progressive is better. So that's marketing. That's unbelievable. 4K. Yeah, you, do you, don't you have, you, isn't your camera 4K? Yeah. It's noticeably better than mine. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of factors there. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this camera in here is good. I, and I did shoot some video of it at the gym and stuff, but I didn't, um, I didn't really try to like light it or put any effort into it other than putting it on a tripod. Well, and that's the key. Yeah, I know. That's why we're friends. Yeah. So you <laughs> asked us there was a question in there, and I, I stepped on we, it. We yeah we well we were just talking. Um, 
we're talking about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about lifestyle. that lifestyle. Um, and like the how old, how old were you the first time that you went there? And that's right. What was that like for you? Well, I was, grew up in that. You know, I grew up with this uncle that had been producing films since before I was born. So, you know, we would go and visit um, Linda and Jerry, his wife, who's actually my real aunt, um, my mom's sister. Jerry's not actually blood. Too bad. So yeah, there's no real talent. Yeah, there. I, I'm not. No I wasn't let talent. down when I heard that. He's, yeah, he's but you still were. your uncle. I remember when you found that out, and you were a little bit crushed. And I could see I it. I might have brought it up. I'm still highly impressed. You know, uh, a really good friend of mine, he's going to come on the podcast. He was on. He brought Flavio over, and Flavio just talked to us, blowing our minds about jujitsu for an hour. But, um, dude, he loves National Treasure, like, oh, so much. Yeah, he told me that. And when I told him you worked on National Treasure, too, he was like, no way. Oh. And I was like, yeah, <gasps> yeah dude, I, I know him. He's my friend. We, we talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be happy to assign... <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, some memorabilia. Yeah, that would uh, that would make his day. He's uh, I may I may uh, I don't know if he listens to the podcast. I kind of feel like he doesn't, but I may I see if I can do something like a gift for him. This he got this guy was in my wedding. He's my coach. He's, he's my bro. So Maybe we'll get Ed Harris <laughs> uh, to sign something. Yeah, Ed Harris, man, what a great actor. He's good. You, you ever seen Enemy at the Gates? You know what? I love that film. Ah, it's and so good. I think that if he wasn't the villain, then, I, well. Basili Zeitschef. Oh, I just love it so much. I love. Rach, uh, was it Rachel Weiss? Weiss, Weiss, however you want to say it. Love that film. Just watched yeah. it in the last year. I need to rewatch it. It's, it's so good. How he, just... how he draws him out in the end. I know. I know. And the poor boy, Sasha. You know, but if you want to play that game, you know, if you want to shake hands with the man, devil. Man, that is, that story is, uh, what is the, are they, are they in Stalingrad or Leningrad? They're in Stalingrad. Stalin, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was years long. What you saw was years long. Right. And they, I guess they kind of show that, um, how they, they do kind of show that through, I don't know how they do that in a storytelling, but you get the impression that it's years long. I, I, I didn't know that personally, but yeah, well, the actual siege in World War Two, it, it, and that's uh, that's one of the things, man. Like, that's what sunk Napoleon when he tried to invade um, Russia. He he was fighting um, this coalition of European nations and England at the same time, and tried to invade Russia in the winter, and just yeah, sunk him. Not a good plan to do it. Not a good plan. Actually, I believe burned Moscow to the ground. I'm actually going to be getting into the French Revolution here pretty soon in my class, and uh, I took a class on that, and I'm very excited to be lecturing about it. Yeah, that's wow. It's over my head. It's above my pay <coughs> So, uh, what? what so you grew you grew up in that, uh, and so you like your mom. It's involved in film too. I don't know how I found that out. Maybe on the IMDb. Yeah, you I saw don't know. her IMDb. Uh, I was creeping. Well, Sandy, you Aquarius, yeah. nephew of Jerry Brucker. That's what. It, did you know? You got three pieces right here. Trivia it nicknames. Says Aquarius. Yeah, are you an Aquarius? Oh. Well, yeah. Probably just has your birthday and generates your sign just for trivia yeah. facts. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mom was in Nash Bridges. She got her start on The Rock, the which was with Ed Harris. Right. And Sean Connery? That's right. Oh, and Nicolas Cage? And you know what? I got to go to That's that set. That's such a good movie, dude. Yeah, it is. 
It is. My buddy Drew uh, was going to be excited to hear that because he loves that film. Man. The Rock. I, you know what? That's a really corny film, uh, but I love it. It's good. They should make more movies like that. I agree, but yeah, they just, I don't know why. That those that era just is kind of It dead. was a nicely balanced cast. I, I, d- I thought they didn't overdo it. I like the backstory. Sean Connery's the man. Other than that part about him to say it's okay to hit women. Just give him a slap. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I should look it up, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody asked him about it, and he, like, doubled down on it, like, multiple times. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah. Okay. Sean Connery, yes, the man, okay. likes to slap women if they give him too much, uh, you know. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were talking about in the scene, in the movie there, and I don't, I didn't recall. Yeah, that. No, yeah, no. he's got some issues, you know. But we eh, all you know, kinda, don't we all? Yeah. Okay, uh, so your mom's in Nash Bridges. It yeah. Wasn't in what? She got her uh, start with that. She, my mom wanted to be a film actor. Um, I watched that film or that that show all the time when I was a kid. Nash Bridges. Yeah, I believe it came on like a couple hours before Walker Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a really good, well. It's a really popular show. I wasn't crazy about it, but I don't know. I'm not really crazy about. I was like shows. a kid at the time, so like it was good for. Like I was interested at the time because of my age more than anything, and like the, like when I got into my teenage years, I got less and less interested. Yeah. And then I got kind of reinterested in my twenties early, and then I was like, mm. it just seemed all. Yeah. Well, mom was on that show for seven years as well, an extra. Oh, okay. Um, because it's wow, that's a good story right there. It's not a story, but she, my mom wanted to be, you know, she wanted to have lines. She wanted to be, mm-hmm. she wanted to, you know, climb up to the top. She wanted to be somebody. Um, and it, you know, she was on that show, Peter Do Do's for seven years, and she, I don't know if she barely got a line. You know, she's in the Screen Actors Guild. It's just hard, and it's the same thing. Like I was talking about before, it's the politics. You have to be willing to say to put yourself before other people. You know, that's how that game works, and, man, I really... I mean, do you think, like, taking creative risk is part of it, too? I mean, like... Well, if you're at that level, which is a lower level, being a, an extra, they yeah. really get treated very poorly, too, by the way. It's, it's Does she rough. have, like, a manager or anything like that? Uh, not a manager, but, she, you know, if you're in SAG and you want to get any work, you're going to have an agent. But, no. Yeah, that's a better, yeah, agent. Well, a lot of them have, you know, both. Real film act real i didn't mean to put my mom down she's a real actor yeah you know. dude she was in movies with robin williams that's a fact what so what all like i i thought she was just in um patch adams and then you said that she's in like all like two or three more she was in a lot of the films that um were shot there in san francisco so there's flubber bicentennial man and patch adams and there might be another one all legit there are others but i can't remember but you know that's how it works it's like Casting call goes out in uh, San Francisco. There's yeah, I had no idea there. about The Rock, man. That's oh, the super Rock, cool. Yeah, yep, yep, and others. Okay, so also, <laughs> you worked on us. Uh, okay, so uh, just when I got to your page, and I was like, why? Wow, I was just like, oh, oh, National Treasure. Oh, oh yeah. But um, Ca- uh, Con Air mm. and Armageddon. And gone in sixty seconds. Like, what's the story with those? Because I saw, I think, all three of those in mo- in the movie theater when I was a kid between ninety seven and two thousand. Yeah. I was born in eighty seven, so between ten to thirteen. So, um, yeah, that's right. and I want to say that I was getting sold R rated movie tickets during that time without a parent 
uh, parental consent. This is inappropriate. It's wrong. It's outrageous. Can't believe it. Um, what the story there is, I have to give it just a tiny bit of backstory, but it's going to be all it. worth it in yeah. the end. So, so, how old are you during this time, ninety-eight to that one? Uh, Conair was the first film that I worked on that I was, you know, really graced the uh, stage. Yeah, that's what I was. That's where I was going with that. Um, I was twelve, twelve years old, and it was. Are we the same age? I'm probably a little older than you. I think you? you're 31. I'm about to be 31. Um, I just turned 34. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Yeah. So I would have. Yeah, I would have been nine or ten at the time. Yeah. So I was 12. Um, my, I would go on a road trip with Jerry's wife and my mom. We did it for six years, um, in a row, where we basically fly to Kentucky, um, and rent a car, drive all the way back home, and see all the sights and stuff on the way home. It was great. But Kentucky's beautiful. It's uh, unbelievable. It's a beautiful state. Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time there. That's where my mom is from and Linda Bruckheimer's from. So anyway, that's that's not really important. But um, I got too old for the road trip, hanging out with two old women. So it was actually, I th- believe it was Jerry's idea that said, you know what? He doesn't want to be with you guys anymore. How about when you get to Wendover, Utah, on your way back to California, I'm shooting a movie in Wendover, Utah, Con Air. Why don't you drop him off with me? Uh, let him stay with me for a couple weeks, fly him back to L.A., something like that. Um, and then he can get some experience on a film set. you know. And that's what I did. He gave me a PA job, which is basically getting tea or whatever it is. You know, It's basically you're the lowest person on the film set. And when you're, when you're 12, obviously you're not, you're not doing a whole lot. But, Dude, know. I was that person in college like my entire 20s, just going to get coffee and stuff for yeah. professors. Yeah. Or making coffee. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, alphabetizing papers. Somebody's got to do it. Mm. So, and then Armageddon was the same thing. They went on the trip, um, and I got dumped off in L.A., and I got to work in the casting department that year. And then the next year I was 16, I got to work uh, as a PA doing, you know, it was, I had a distorted view of the film business because my uncle was Jerry Bruckheimer, so I could get away with a lot. Um, I could get away with a lot. That's the best way of putting it. Like being in the film business is really. Do you like have a lot of alone time too? Like what do you mean? When you were like, um, like on on set? on set, you know, you just can get to free roam when you weren't doing. Well, see, I just didn't treat it right. You know, where I, yeah, a lot of the time I would, I just, I wouldn't be doing my job. You know, like. Uh, because you were a kid, I mean. Yeah. But th- I mean, that's that's understandable to an extent. It's sure, not like, it is. But it's not like you did didn't <laughs> like. Very few people would, uh, I'm sure, rise to the occasion. Well, but it just kept, you know, as I got to be even older, it was there. There were bad habits there. I remember I was 18 and working on, which 18. That's a little bit older. You're coming into adulthood and all that. And I was working on. I think it was CSI. Or it might have been without a trace. Okay, CSI Las Vegas. Love it. Loved it. No. Until they replaced William Peterson I with Ted Danson. Well, that's a new thing, right? Well, it happened a few years ago. I hate all those shows. I don't shows. really know about it. I don't watch cable TV anymore. I, I'm surprised like that. that people like those shows so much and that there's three or four CSIs. There was like, yeah, there was like, I don't even know. 
And then that I feel like that was like I feel like CSI Las Vegas like pioneered a genre of these kind of did crime right? shows. Yeah, NCIS and then Criminal Minds and Criminal blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't like it. I like cop shows if they're good, like The Wire. Haven't seen it. Oh. That's on Amazon Prime, right? Uh, that's an HBO show, and that is no, oh, it is. One yeah, of the best yeah. Multiple shows. people have suggested that to me. I should that's check it out. Unbelievable, but. Dude, I would love I would love to have you back on the podcast since uh we were just talking about uh some shows that we are mutually interested in. Uh and then too, you turned me on to Man in the High Castle and Sneaky Pete. Ah. But we have a mutual interest for um t- television and film and you have uh, referred me to some good things and hopefully I've prepared you. You some have. Things. Um Well, actually, I thought it was it was either you or Cora that told me about Lawless. Or, God- I'm sorry, Godless. Godless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. good. Very it's good. good. And then there have been others. You've told me about several, though. Yeah. Did you good. want? Have you seen that Billy Bob Thornton one on Amazon Prime? What is it called? Oh. Is it, uh, yeah. I love huh? that. What's it called? Uh, Goliath. How many seasons? I thought there was only one. <sighs> they ended that the way. I don't see how they could do other. Seasons like, yeah, Godless, same thing. It's like a one season yeah. run. I like that. Yeah, I like that too because it's over and. I don't know. That's what they did with True Detective. Number one was so good, season one. And then season yeah. two was this different You know, thing they're doing season three in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're filming right now. I didn't know that, but I I would be uh, excited to see it because, I, I don't know, I thought the second The second one, season was kind of a what? It was just dark, you know, and, and you don't like the characters. And that's the thing. You like Marty and um, what was his name? Russ. McCon- Rust. You like those guys. They're broken people, but there's something about them, and that's why you're watching the show. It's not really about, well, it is. It's a it's a combination, but man, if you don't like the characters, man, why am HBO I watching? just does it so good. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, um, except for season two. They didn't do that. Yeah, well. well, I mean, just in general, like, I love what they put out. I started watching this uh, documentary on uh, Little Rock Nine. It was really more about Little Rock Central 50 years after the Little Rock Nine. But um, it was pretty crazy. I don't know what that is. So, uh, well, okay, so we had this governor in Arkansas named Orville Faubus, and he was a racist, and he didn't want the schools to be uh, integrated. He wanted, he wanted segregation to continue, and um, the National Guard had to end up coming in. That's from Forrest Cup, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. Okay. I, I, well, I mean, that I was in Mobile, but that was yeah, probably going on everywhere. Yeah, it's that it's that same situation. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Little Rock Nine. Um, it, anybody that wants to look into it can Google it. The Little okay. Rock Nine. It'll come up. Um, but it's just kind of part of the civil rights struggle, which I, I've been digging super deep into LBJ, and then I t- I kind of got like off on this weird conspiracy tangent. I was like texting one of my professor mentors, and I'm like dude, what do you know about this? He's like, man, that's a conspiracy. You need to, you, you need to realize that. <laughs> I was back just off, like, you know. it was like, go back in this direction. <laughs> but I was just like, uh, man, it is so easy to, uh, there's this guy uh, that I was listening to named Roger Stone. Have you seen this Netflix documentary, um, Get Me Roger Stone? No. Uh, well, he like, worked for Nixon and he writes all these crazy books like super exposés and uh he, he wrote this book about like LBJ being a really likely candidate for um assassinating Kennedy 
and it was making all these connections and I was just like, oh, 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 oh. And then I did sit back and I looked at some of it after and it's just like, it's it's a lot of it, I guess, to say hearsay. It's like, well, where's the source? Um, it's just, uh, it's a lot of conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not verifiable. And it's like uh, how um, this guy was putting it to me is like, you know, it's a possible that possible that it's unknowable. You know that you can't know, like the Kennedy assassination. In reality, it's unknowable, and people can't accept that. They can't. Yeah. So, like, I'm not even. I'm not even on. I'm not even looking into Kennedy. I'm not even really talking about Kennedy. But I'm doing this big research project over LBJ, forward 1968, the whole year, and all these events that happened. But LBJ was president in 1968. So, but I've been doing all of this research on LBJ and all of this background info. And uh, then I keep getting off on these like side conspiracies along the way, and it's distracting. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it sounds like <clears throat> yeah, it's a crazy story, man. I f- if you haven't looked into it, um, that politically and socially, it's at the height of the civil rights movement. Um, Martin Luther King's assassinated. John F. Kennedy's brother, the Attorney General Robert Kennedy, RFK is assassinated. Uh, LBJ doesn't run for re-election. The, all this stuff happens in Vietnam. It's horrible. Yeah, that was a pretty intense time. Yeah. But I, well, I suppose it's pretty intense right now, too, just in a different way. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, so what are some of the other movies you worked on, man? Uh, well, I let's see. I started my career with... Like as as a union guy, which is what everyone wants to be when you when you move there, is you've got to be in the union because that's the only way you can work. You, you know, you're going to work on independent stuff, uh, which doesn't pay well if you're not in the union. So you, everyone wants to get in the union. It's not easy. Um, I got on um, in a little on a little horror film called Pulse, which was Pulse. which was uh, yeah garbage, but. You know, it was a fun experience. They flew us out to um, Shreveport, put us all up in... Yeah, uh, Cora's first fight was in Shreveport, MMA fight. She's had several kickboxing fights. But yeah, we were just out there. That's that really not recently. very far from here. That yeah. was actually Bozier. Yeah, but we were... Like, I think we... Did we stay in Shreveport? Where's the horseshoe? Bo- Bozier City. Bozier. Bozier. What a weird word. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I am fascinated by knowing, uh, so, like, all of that comes from colonization between, like, with the French colonized, colonized this area and, like, um, a lot of Arkansas terminology comes from um, our French words. Like? Um, like Ozark. Wachita? No, it's Indian. That's, yeah. yeah. But Ozark, so, like, that show Ozark, which is fantastic, by yep, the way. Yep, it's yep. actually, it's, it's pretty wild, man. Didn't watch it. Yeah, it's super wild. Yeah, I, there was some pretty rough stuff when I looked at the uh, IMDb. Like, well, what's the content on here? Yeah, I'm going to do a review on it, so you can listen to that. Yeah, maybe and, I'll uh, just I'll skip that and listen to the review. I'm not going to do a ton of spoilers on the review, I think, but uh, I'm looking forward to the uh, second season coming out uh, whenever that happens. I didn't watch it for a while, and I kind of watched the first couple episodes and got disinterested, went back and watched the first couple again. You got disinterested again, and finally, after like getting to like, episode four, I was just like, all right, I'm hooked. Yeah, that's... So, it took a minute, but uh, it was good. Like, I got super hooked in, and um, anyway, 
So, but Pulse isn't so like, did you work on the first one or the sequels? No, we worked on the sequels, Pulse 2, Pulse 3. Um, but the point of telling you that was that I got in on the union. I kind of skated through. Um, and then once I did that, I mean, it was kind of like the door was open. It became very easy because of th- that whole business is built on nepotism or just who you know. So I happen to ha- have this unbelievable connection. Which I, I feel like, I mean, you didn't really rely on it too much. I mean, it's like a, it's well, for like in your career because, I mean, based off some of our conversation in the past, it's like, it it would seem like um, if, and I, I try not to play my cards, honestly. Like, I never want to be like, hey, I know this guy and that's why I should get this, you know? But uh, so, like, I don't feel like um, you, or I, I, I think that it, it People would assume in that position, you would just be like immediately like the guy behind the camera instead of the guy next to the guy behind the camera or whatever. That like you would imme- it would be an immediate le- pathway to the top or whatever. Well, but it seems like you had to take the same route as everyone else, and that's very very respectable, um, and <laughs> you know very fair of your uncle or or very humble of you not to be like hey. Why else you be hooking me up more than oh, that's these, hilarious. you know? Well, if you're thinking, if that's your mindset, like I deserve to do, it's like I don't, I don't have any experience. I'm going to be behind the camera. I, I need to be shooting. You were screen. on Armageddon, right? Anyway, that's just not humble. So you know. Yeah, well, that's good because I'm sure a lot of um, people in Hollywood are not humble. Well, yes, hundred percent, but. You know, when you're when you're wanting to break in and you're 22, it's pretty ridiculous to think that I was so you know blessed to be handed this this little you know peon job. It was great. I mean, I wasn't even thinking in terms of that. I, I I'm sure people do think. Well, for instance, like I don't really know much about this, but if Steven Spielberg had a son, I believe he does, uh, just let him direct a film. I don't know anything about that. It seems like... Yeah. Luckily, your last name is not Sandy Bruckheimer. Sandy Bruckheimer, yeah. Well, I, Michael, I believe Michael, in paying your Michael dues. Bruckheimer. I think all that is very necessary to do all that. And, you know, I was telling you earlier, this is really interesting. Because I abused the film business for so long... Um, like, in what ways did you abuse film business? I didn't take it seriously as a job. No, I mean... And it, it's because it wasn't a serious job. I would come for, you know, a couple weeks. I, would come, I was still in school. I'd come for five weeks, work on one of my uncle's shows, go back to school, go back to fairyland, fairytale land, fairyland. I'd go back to fairytale land, make believe. And then when I finally got my chance, I'm out of school. Now my life is being about uh, a film person. I, I thought that it, the same rules were going to apply. Like, oh, this is Jerry's nephew, so you roll out the red carpet, bring him lobster and, and shrimp scampi. It wasn't like that anymore. It's like once I was seriously a part of the business, a part of the job that was a necessary job, like it would be hard. Well, I'll put it to you like this. When I got the movie Pirates 3, it was awesome. At World's End. At World's End. I think that's the last one I saw in theaters. This is how that worked. Um, The guy that they loved and had trained on the second film, his name was Ryan Rakel, had to be let go because, hey – Jerry just called. His nephew's going to be on. By the way, he doesn't have any experience, and he's he's kind of an arrogant 
you know, just a little prick. So that's the call that they get. So they're not going to, oh, that's great. Let's roll out the red carpet. It's like they hated me. And I've told people that. And I didn't think it was going to be like that. But I knew oh, from funny. the very start when I started prepping the show with these guys, you prep for a couple of weeks before you get on the film, they hated me. They hated me so much, especially this one guy named Trevor, who was the boss of the camera department. Do you miss him? Well, you know what? It actually, no, I don't miss him. But <laughs> I don't miss him. But um, everything's okay now. We made amends and all that. But man. To Trevor. <sighs> to Trevor. <laughs> I mean, they had nicknames for me, and they're not flattering. One of them was Sandy Two Sticks. No, that's flattering. That's kind. That's a friend would come up with that. Theirs was shit bucket. <laughs> oh my god! It started as a joke, but then it, it, it evolved, and that became my name. They would call it over the radio, and it's not, you know, Shit. you're on a film for five months with these people, and that's your name. And you then know. do you work on them with uh, future films with them too? Did you work yeah, on some of the yeah. same? Uh, so uh, National Treasure and Pirates, you work on some of the same people. Some of the same people, but different. Yeah, there's. A, I'll just tell a funny story that I'll never forget. Uh, we were on that boat the evil boat the flying dutchman and you know it was that movie was shot on a soundstage and it was intense the the first ad who's the one that says all right roll camera everyone everyone quiet blah 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 he would say every time okay bring up the wind bring up the rain so you're in full rain gear wind is unbelievable wow pouring rain i mean really hard conditions cameras need to be covered you're getting drenched there's gear that needs to be protected it's a nightmare because you're doing it 15 hours a day. So they gave me this little spot where I'm like kind of kneeling under here. And my job was to get new lenses, bring it up to what, you know, when they were switching a lens. Uh, they said cut. And I, there was enough room for me to pop my head out like that. And I just wanted to see what was going on because it was awesome. I mean, really, there's battle scenes. There's guys fighting with swords and Kieran Knight. Were they like, hey, shit bucket, get your head back down? It was exactly <laughs> like that. The guy, James, he looks at me and he, he curses. I'm not going to say that, but he says, get the F back in your rat hole. <laughs> so it's funny now. But. I mean, yeah, in hindsight. But uh, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure there's a ton of people that went through the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Did. But, you know. Part of it. I, that was good to go through that. I'm That's glad. an amazing, amazing stories. That's why I, I wanted to have you on the podcast because I and uh, just any stories that we've talked about in the past. I mean, well, I'll tell you, I have another quick one that yeah, people lay it, always lay it enjoy. On they enjoy this one, um, and it was it was sh it was really shocking. This is on the second film I did, same position, camera PA, making minimum wage. So do you do the? That's not that's a union job. You're not touching that unless you're a second AC in the film union, all the rules, blah, blah, blah. So I was doing stuff like, hey, guys, what do you need? You guys want lunch? Or, okay, you guys need a new piece of gear? I'll get it. Like, learning the gear is crucial. You know, there's so much gear. Hey, get the, uh, we need the uh, LMP0599, you know, okay, coming in, that kind of stuff. So, like, you're learning all the gear. You're getting no sandwiches. Lackey. Yeah. The toady. Yeah, well, you're pushing all the carts. You've got six gigantic carts. Mail guy. All that stuff. Um, there was a time I felt really comfortable. The guy started warming up to me. Um, Trevor and James. No, this is a different show. Okay. This is Steve and Zorn and blah, blah, blah. Um, I just got a little cocky with the guy. But I was kidding. But he didn't, he didn't like it. Um, we, 
you know, you're constantly moving locations where you're shooting. We happened to be shooting at the Biltmore Hotel, Los Angeles. So we were shooting down a hallway somewhere. And then it was pick up your gear because we're going to go into this room. I had left a piece of expensive gear down the hall accidentally. And uh, Steve, one of the bosses, who was a very big guy, very big guy, very, like, you don't want to mess with Steve kind of guy. Um, he looked at that piece of gear and he said, what's this doing here? Why'd you, why didn't you bring that? And I said, ah. I, I wanted to. I just thought it'd be good there or something. I said something smart. And we got into an elevator right after that, just him and I. Doors closed. And he looked at me. And he said, you know, you're getting pretty cocky, Mike. And I, he was serious. I didn't... It scared me. And then the next thing he did was basically... He didn't grab my neck, but he hit my neck really hard and slammed me against the elevator. Oh, my God. Blow! And it... We didn't speak for two weeks. It, like... It shook me to the core because no one had ever put their hands on me like that before i mean he could have been fired for that i didn't say anything but anyway that's my story it's like that you know people are crazy in that business you don't see your family you're probably drinking a lot because you're you know you got a lot of money and it's 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 kind of a gross business to be honest mm. there are a few good people but there's a lot of bad apples there which is why i kind of said bye-bye to that yeah i mean it can't be there's just that it just seems like there would be more of a more of an element there to be involved with things to get you disinvolved with it would seem like it would be super hard to not get distracted yeah it's almost like getting like almost like politics it's like you get into it you're not going to be corrupt and then you become more and more corruptible i feel like yeah i guess that's just human nature yeah you're right yeah but it's it's i think it's par uh, partially the environment just like anything else like Kids that grow up in a bad environment, um, but it's not a universal. Kids that grow up in a bad environment turn out to be great people all the time. That's true. But maybe in their heads, they're super sick. That's true. So, what else you got? Ed Harris. Oh. What a he was in National Treasure too. Yep. He's an intimidating person. I know. Even off, you know. Off camera, he's. You see that uh, film he was in with Vico Mortensen, Appaloosa. Yeah, he such a good one, that. dude. He, he really, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he directed that. I think that was his first film that he directed too. I don't know if he's done any he's others. He's been but in so many good. I mean, that's a great film. Yeah, I believe that's right. I could be wrong. It's happened before. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Ed Harris, he's the man. He's getting old too. Yeah, he's got one of those. He's got one of those uh, faces and just, I guess, structures that it's the Truman Show. It's totally cool to be bald. The Abyss, man, that's a classic. You ever see The Abyss? Yeah, I've seen the Abyss. Haven't seen it in a long time. I need to rewatch it though. Anyway, yeah, they, it's got to be cool to work on set with uh, with some of these people. Though, like uh, the other day, I was uh, Mel Gibson, uh, like tweeted or Facebooked. Uh, like him in the studio with Mel Gibson, and he's like, I had, you know, interview a lot of people and stuff, but it's still super weird sitting here talking to Mel Gibson. Who, Ed Harris said that? Uh, no, Joe Rogan. But uh, it is got to be kind of like people that, you know, like you see Enemy at the Gates, and the next thing you know, you're on set with the guy or something like that, you know. Right. It's got to be um, surreal to an extent. Yeah. It is really, it is in a way, because you grow up, you know, you they're your heroes, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, they can be, absolutely. 
But yeah. that's all just a facade. I mean, they're just most of the time their just lives are people. taken and you know. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that um, I get to meet uh, Maynard here pretty soon. Speaking of, which would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very odd person. I, I worked with him. You did, a, yes. Yeah. So uh, ironically, we just did a music unravel podcast about him, uh, where we just talked about some uh, some of his work for a couple hours. But uh, I'm a I'm a big uh, a big fan of Maynard and most of the stuff that he's done. Um, but especially Tool, and I got to see Tool for the first time in concert. So like they, I got into him like when I was getting out of high school, and um, that's when their last album came out. And like a perfect circles last album came out before that, if I'm not mistaken, because it's like yeah, it's like 13. So but a perfect circles got a new album coming out, and Tool's supposed to drop one too. And I never got super into Pussifer, but the guy that I had on the podcast had been to a Pussifer concert and was oh, telling yeah, me it was, was super crazy. I forgot about that band. Yeah, what what movie were you in? Uh, was Maynard in? Uh, Crank 2. I guess he might have been friends with uh, the directors who are psychopaths. Super interesting. Who directed Crank 2? Brian Neveldine and Mark Taylor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Brian Taylor. Brian Taylor. Mark, yeah. Mark Neveldine. Mark Neveldine. Those guys are insane. Never worked with anybody like that. They really had license to do whatever they wanted. I remember the one time uh, Mark Neveldine showed up on acid, literally, and he was wearing a sombrero. He, oh, I'm sorry, a poncho. Huh. He didn't appear to have pants on. Really short. You could see his legs. And he was, it was unbelievable. Wow. Was That's, he like, come on, acid? You know, Not like, really. No. It's just obvious. Well, no, somebody, that was like the rumor going around. And it was just obvious something was I mean, there was that one guy that pitched a no-hitter on acid. So David Carradine was in that movie? Mm -hmm. you telling me that? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? No. I'm sitting here looking at it. David Carradine. That was his last film, I think. Wow. Before his... The incident. Yeah. We won't talk about it. No, it's rough. It's rough. You, um, you guys can look. Look that up in your own time. Yeah, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. I, I was a fan of his films. Um, I feel like he could, I don't know. He's awesome. Needs to do fewer sequels. Yeah. Like, I was I was into the first Transporter. Um, and I, I liked him in um, Snatch. I watched Snatch mm -hmm. the other day. Yeah. yeah, he's been in a lot of good films. Italian Job, of course. Um, but... Amy Smart, man, I didn't know that many good people were in Crank. Is this the sequel, High Voltage? Yep. Or is that the, okay. Cool. Corey Haim? Corey Haim. Really? Yep. You met Corey Haim? I don't think I met him. Wow. So did you meet David Carradine? Hey, yeah. how's it going? Well, you, you gave Ed Harris a stick of gum. I mean. Yeah, that's a fact. It's real. Yeah. I felt so good at that moment, like validated. You know, I, you knew why you carried gum at yeah. that moment. He asked me, you know, it's like, yeah, I can do that. I can help you out with that. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Wintergreen. Well, that's uh, yeah. I didn't know that this movie had such a all-star little cast in it. I'm not because uh, I, I watched the first one, but like I want to say I've been complete watching it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah. It's pretty stupid. Dwight Yoakam. I believe he's from Arkansas. He was that's in. That's um, true. Yeah. He was in. Uh, the, or actually, the, uh, I think that that's sling, true. Uh, sling Blade. Right. 
Well, he's from Arkansas too, isn't he? Billy Bob? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Second time we brought him up. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, everybody's shout-outs. connected. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, well. It's the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Uh, six degrees, seven degrees. I've heard it called Something different like things. That. But yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Kevin Bacon. Everyone's attached to Kevin Bacon somehow. It wouldn't it be cool to, I mean, I, I don't know if it'd be cool or not, but like somebody's like, like you're a cultural thing like that. Like it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Everybody knows that it's Kevin Bacon. It's not William H. Macy. <laughs> it's it's Kevin Bacon. Like for some reason it became Kevin Bacon. It's a high honor. Yeah. So uh, after you did, um, uh, what was it, uh, Crank with Maynard? That was cool. Did you talk to him at all? Not really. Man, I don't. I don't think so. What would you say? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Like, I'm just gonna an be intimidating like intimidating presence. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's he's one of the most creative individuals of our time. Oh. I mean, uh, artistically, I mean, he's a purple belt in jujitsu under Hicks and Gracie. Yeah. Well. I don't know. Do you think he was training at that time? That was 2000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He probably wasn't training with Hickson because Hickson wasn't in the United States in that right. time, I don't believe. I think he was training with Hoyler and um, probably Henry Akins and, and uh, some people uh, like that. But see, Jack, who uh, I just had in, um, I don't know if uh, you saw him when he was in town, but no. Michael uh, and I did a private lesson with him the, the day after the seminar and everything. And he was in for a few days and we got to hang out. He was on the podcast. But Jack was having lunch with Hickson just a couple of days before he came out to do the seminars, done privates with Hickson recently, and trained a lot with Hickson over the last two or three years. And um, he said, uh, like, he knows a guy that has uh, done private lessons with Maynard and stuff. So uh, that's uh, he's kind of plugged in with all those guys. And uh, in the new A Perfect Circle, like, photo shoots and stuff, Maynard's wearing a Hickson Gracie hat represent yeah it's awesome i know so you you know about the fan incident where maynard throws that guy and then like gets oh. on his back and chokes him like keeps him in rear mount just like classic kicks and gracie stuff going on right there in terms of those techniques i can't recall who told me that but somebody did tell me that maybe it was you mm, maybe the fan the fan was incident. not pleased well right? they like came up and then maynard's like oh give me a hug and then throws him and is just like riding on him yeah, it's wild. And that happened in front of all these people at the show? Yeah, and then he never skipped a note singing. He was singing while it happened? The whole time. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I mean, you want me to throw it up on the TV? Go ahead. Yeah, I Can will. Can we do that? Talking. Yeah, yeah, it'll come to our headphones. I won't record. Since you've never seen it, I'm not going to throw it up on the... Uh, I'm not editing this in. Just letting you know. I don't know what it is about the Hickson guy, and you know I don't fight, obviously, because uh, I'm just saying, about that. bro. Look into it. Hickson is so. Uh, no, what I'm gonna say is that is for some reason, all the mysteries I've heard about him, like he's the top, he's got the coral belt now. I don't know why that's so appealing. Which to he won't even accept, man. He won't wear it. Oh, I didn't he says know he's that. not old enough. See, so he's a humble man too. But it's it's I don't. That's really cool that. Uh, He's like a legend for for people that aren't even a fighter. I don't even know. He's a martial. He's like a, he's like Kevin Bacon of martial That's arts. Right. I mean, he's one of those. He's a great person of our time. Well, he's connected too, probably. Oh, look at this! Oh, podcast this is actually a Joe Rogan clip. Uh, ironically, 
Um, I'm trying to see if I can find that. Um, he's singing "Push It." Here's a here's an actual video of it. So wow, it, it looks like we're doing a Parable forty six and two. Parable forty six and two is the YouTube page. If anybody wants to look it up, Maynard fan incident. So they're singing "Push It" at a Tool concert. This dude's about to hop up on stage. Dude, this is back when Maynard still had good hips and could get down. He won't even show himself. Look at him standing front stage. That's probably why he won't. So people run up there, nice little, nice little hip toss. The guy goes belly down. Then he sets the hooks. He's going to roll him over. Look, he's still <laughs> singing, dude. Oh, man. Is that the fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, raising his hand. He thinks it's an honor, right? Probably is. He's probably got a fear boner right now. Wow. Is he applying pressure to... I mean, I don't know. Maybe he kept, like, brought him in and out of consciousness multiple times. That's not like the guy can tap. I wonder if choking someone's, like, attempted murder wherever he's playing at. Well, that's I'm the thing. Sure Why that... isn't somebody getting up there being like, hey... That's security. Yeah. Did someone else just try and come on the stage? Yeah. Yeah, he's still on top of that dude. Wow. What did he say? I don't know. He's, I, I, I've like heard him comment on this on like Joe Rogan about like, he's like about how it was like nice to like just dominate that dude in front of all those people. Yeah. <laughs> Sends a lot of dopamine down the. Yeah. So anyway. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. So then you got to work on Rob Zombie. Isn't that true? Mm hmm. What, uh, I've, that's got to be a uh, personality. You know what? Um, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about him. Although, when his wife was not on set... What's her name? Sherry Moon Zombie. Sherry Moon Zombie. Um, he's a kind person until she gets on set. And then <laughs> he becomes a tyrant in order to show his wife that daddy's... He's serious. Yes. He's serious. He is to be taken serious yeah. as a film director. Well... I was on so many Why does everybody that think that they can reset the Halloween genre? Well, people love his films. I mean, they're cool yeah, they films. Are I, cult I films. thought that they really all of his films stink, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I actually got fired from one of his films too. Which, which which one? Which stopped my film career for a couple of years. Oh. A couple of years, just done. Well, yeah, did you, uh, uh, did you piss his wife off? No, I just couldn't do my job properly because I was a drug addict. So, how much do you think that was a product of your environment? Like, you growing up in Hollywood as a kid? Like, I mean... I didn't grow up in Hollywood as a kid. I lived six hours away, but I would... Yeah, I know. You you and, uh, you know, Elijah both. Oh. Frodo Baggins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I saw Black Panther last night. Yeah. And um, Bilbo Baggins... From The Hobbit, from those movies. I forget his name. He's also in the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He's in that. And also, uh, 
the dude that plays Smeagol and Gollum is in it too. Really? Two, two for one, right there. Wow. Yeah, Lord of the Rings universe. I can't remember his name. Martin something. Yeah, I can't remember either. Love him. He's a great actor. Dude, uh, Black Panther was really good. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna try and do a podcast about it and do a little reviewage. Yeah, I. You know what? Superhero films. I don't know. Into him. Uh, it's like it's probably it's just, probably like my on, favorite on. Marvel film. I actually really liked uh, it's not Marvel, but DC's uh, Wonder Woman. I was into that. We'll see the Batman stuff when Nolan was doing them. Wow, that's yeah, totally. Those three Batmans were awesome. Well, those are like on the Academy Award winning yeah level, in my opinion. Christian Bale, Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah, 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 so good. Well, yeah, Bane. I and mean, then you're gonna follow that shit up with Ben Affleck. I don't have good things to say about that movie. Although I would like to see it again. Because, you know, sometimes when you have an opinion of a movie before you see it, sometimes you just, it kind of mucks things up. Yeah. So that's my, that maybe was what was going on there. Because I know Michael Lasseter, shout out. Yeah, we got to have him on talk, uh, to, to talk about crisis actors. About what? Crisis actors, yeah. bro. Yeah. See, I don't know a lot about that. I steer clear from all the rabbit holes. because We just... are in a rabbit hole. Um. Yeah. You and him, mm-hmm. or us? He and I. Yeah. Will you go dive? We do, man. We are always talking about crazy, um, crazy stuff. He uh, turned me on to this crazy video. Of them, uh, this I'm not gonna get into, it, but this crazy cult goat man dance at this tunnel in Europe. Oh, I know all about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's wacky stuff. It's neither here nor there. But yep, 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 yep. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, man. So, so what? Uh, so you got out of you? You're you were in the film business for how many years? You got you're kind of doing film on like uh, a different level, but you're still involved in like I would say the film business. You're doing film is uh, kind of a like an entrepreneur ship. You mean now? Yeah. Like, what's your? You know. What am I doing currently? Yeah, yeah, like or like you know, some like how long were you in the film business? Like when did you wrap it up uh, in well, I, in California? Because at some point you you moved uh, uh, here to town, yeah. where we have joined forces for a limited run Marvel team up. That's true. And um, yeah, now here we are on the podcast. Here we are. And you're you're not in Hollywood. Well, I thought when I move from Hollywood, I'm not going to be able to be in the film business anymore. So, goodbye film business, you know. And it's been two years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it'd been longer than that. Well, no. I mean, I was working in the industry until, like, almost the day I left to come here, which helped pay for the trip to come out. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So now we make little commercials for small businesses, small business owners. Yeah, you guys do a great job, too. You want to give your, uh, you want to give a little plug? You guys have a website, social media, or anything? Yeah, that's a great idea. Macromedia, um, I believe it's just macromedia479.com. Um, Facebook handle is the same thing, macromedia479. Um, shout out, holler at your boy. No, I don't know. I'm not, you know what, the business stuff, we, you come look at You're our stuff. You're a worker. Yeah, I'm a worker. You, know, you are, dude. You, I, you I guys need, do a great job. You've done uh, work for us, um, and uh, it was uh, it was super high quality. I, people can check out on our YouTube and our website. Uh, we use the videos for both. So that's very kind. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, man, um, 
Anything uh anything we haven't talked about? Anything crazy? No, nah, I mean we can we did we can go for three hours, bro. Yeah. But uh unless you want to go off on a bit about crisis actors. Well we didn't get to get into Nash Bridges as much as I wanted to. Oh yeah. So okay, so Nash Bridges. I'm kidding. So you do did, as soon as you told me Nash Bridges, I was like... I, I didn't tell you that. You came in. You were creeping. That's the You term. told me. You said, hey, by the way, Brian, no. we've been friends for a while. I wanted to let you know that my mom was in these Robin Williams movies okay. in, the, in the Nash Bridges years. That actually is true. <laughs> but uh, like the first thing I asked you, I was like, hey, wait, wait. Did, did you get to meet Cheech Marin? Oh, wow. So you did like several times, I'm sure, right? No, actually, I never met him. Just got to be around him? Didn't really no, hang out with one him? one time. Uh, there was a... I can't even remember how old I was. Probably 13 to 15 years old. And there was a family picnic. Nash Bridges' family. Yeah. Who was the guy that put... Don, um, what's the guy's name that played Nash Bridges? Don, Don Johnson. Uh, Don Johnson. Yeah, Miami Vice. Yeah. 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 Classic. So, never got to meet Cheech. Yeah. Yeah. Super legit though. I'm sh- did your mom get to meet him? Oh yeah, yeah. She was on set with him. Yeah, my mom is uh, connected. Yeah, well, she's a wacky personality, so can't miss her. Yeah, now that's got to be cool. Uh, getting to be around some of those people. I know it's uh, in but past a certain point. I'll say this: like when I I've been um, owning a martial arts school for several years now, and like when I was first, and I mean too, it's super surreal to be around Hickson, but it's like. If I was around him again, it would be less surreal, but still is equally mind blowing. But like, I wouldn't be like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, that's like so. Um, but it's like I've just I've been to like worlds and I've been to UFCs and fan expos and all, all of these places where I've stood like shoulder to shoulder or hung out with these people in the industry that are like at the top and past a certain point it's just like oh you you know we're all the same we're just all people there it is yeah yeah just human beings so no need to get any fear boners that's right yeah Put it very eloquently yeah yeah well, right on, dude well I appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, you need to come back and do a movie review with me or a show review Man, you're it. always quoting shows, and I, I'm sometimes I just I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh. Oh come on! And you're like, it's good, fellas. How could you not know? Oh. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Well, that was painful that you didn't know that because that's there's a lot of voiceover in that movie. That's that scene, you know. Hey, you know, I did drop a really good um, Bronx Tale quote on Michael the other day. I was talking about how the like. Warlocks? No, 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 no. I was talking about how if you do this certain move, there's this, there's this something called a wizard in jiu-jitsu. It's where, like, you trap somebody's arm. And, um, like, they can get their arm out, like, past a certain point. But, like, we're doing this thing where, like, you kind of, for anyone that does jiu-jitsu, we were going from half guard and stepping over to the far side and getting the truck. And past a certain point, they can't, if they don't let go of their arm, if they're stubborn and don't let go of their arm, they can't let go of their arm. So I did this move to him. I was explaining it to him. And, like, we finally, I got it. And I'm like, okay, hey, this is it. I showed it to him. And then I got him over. And then I was like, now you just can't leave. 
the bar scene. Oh yeah, yeah. With the bikers. Yeah, like they they, they start like, they oh, wow. break up the bar and uh, they start like uh, squirting the beer all over oh, everything. Yeah, and he yeah, locks yeah. the doors and he's like, "Now you just can't leave." That's good. Yeah, man, good Chaz Palminteri. Well done. Yeah, well, okay. So can I redeem myself with that quote for the Goodfellas? Sure. Yeah, Freaking. But that's Quoting a great kingpin, scene. man. That's one of the best scenes in that film. How you forget it, Billy Bats. Yeah, I didn't insult. That. I need to. I need to ah. watch. I've I've seen Goodfellas half a dozen times over like the last ten years. It's dark. But you good. don't even like Departed, dude. I can't. No, no, that's not true. I just I. It's one of the best. That's not true. I didn't say I didn't like it. It's one of the best. I said I like Goodfellas better because it's better. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Look, the other one's much darker. The, the Departed. It's just, it's uh, it's darker, man. Yeah. I mean, the poor Leo. It's like he doesn't even want to be here. He's like indoctrinated into this. Is the man. I really enjoy his work. Some people say he's over dramatic, but no, he's phenomenal. Um, you had well, so uh, did you watch Westworld? Uh, yeah, I did. Crazy. I won't watch it again. What about season two? No, done. Really. Yeah, I can't wait. It gets, it gets, it's just too much for for me. Uh, yeah, it, dude, it's over the top. The multiple timelines and the crazy robot, dirty people with the robots. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's, it's a sick, sick thing, man. You know what? We didn't talk about this, but Hollywood just pushes that in the faces of. Not just okay, so you, speaking of, speaking of Hollywood and Corey Haim, I'm not gonna ask you anything crazy questions because I know there's some things that we, um, and and uh, rightfully so, did chose not to talk about um, ahead of time. But I mean, the stuff that's going on about Hollywood right now in the media, what would you say about that? Like, what's going on versus what people are saying? What's going on? Is it worse? And then like the whole. And again, you don't have to get into this, but like the whole thing with like the like the kids getting like uh, essentially trafficked among these higher profile. I mean, it's kind of like said conspiracy theory, maybe, but no. uh, you know, like young young kids like Corey Haim or whoever else. I don't think um, it's a conspiracy theory. I yeah. Well, what would you say about all that? Well, you know, I don't have too much insight into it, but I'm, I wasn't surprised hearing about Harvey Weinstein, not at all, because. Did you ever meet that guy? No. Um, no, I didn't. Did you ever watch him take a shower? Oh, well, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's why you weren't in any of his and films. I, th I thought it was really interesting that Jerry Seinfeld had a, um, an interview recently, and she brought that stuff up. The, you know, Louis C.K. is a friend of yours, and, and he, he brought that up, but Jerry thought, it's just, it's just so bizarre, and I totally agree with him that what kind of a weird thing is that? Who wants somebody to watch them take a shower? That's what you're going to pick? That's completely bizarre. Completely bizarre behavior. But I'm not surprised. I'm maybe not surprised maybe it. it's just like non-threatening enough or... No, because there's so much... You know, that that person... I remember from the, the day almost I was in that industry. You hear nonstop about that guy. Uh, oh, she got he her got, because of this, this, He that. got slapped in a restaurant by some dude the other day. I don't know if you saw that video. No, I didn't. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it's not surprising. Not funny. I don't know. There'll be a lot more people that come out under the, you know. Dude, what do you think about freaking? They're trying to t say Dustin Hoffman, man. I was so sad about that. Well, I don't have. And any. they tried to take James Franco. 
I mean, would you be surprised? You know? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, and I don't know, I don't, yeah, I don't know that, I don't know that world like you do. You know, that's kind of why I'm curious. You know, the world people are just wicked people, all around. You can yeah. put up a great facade, but you know, everyone is wicked behind closed doors. It's just. There's like a lot of crazy drugs and alcohol on set with like people in the business running the camera, whoever else. That's how it used to be, but um, I've heard stories. I never saw it like that. There's cocaine, all, you know, everywhere in the 80s cocaine. and stuff. It's not like that. I was into that, but. Uh, Just not on set. No, yeah, <coughs> on set. But it seems a little bit more conservative, you know? I think there are, of course, there are people that are doing it, but it, it isn't a free, like a big giant party like it was in Miami Vice era when cocaine was being, you know, flooding America during that time. But no, I don't really know about all that. No. Drinking, there's drinking. Oh, I sh I'm sure, And yeah. there's a lot of cursing. So. Cigarette smoking. Yeah, it's terrible. Dude, uh, that's one thing uh, about um, the uh, everybody, like every biographer I've read on LBJ said he was like drinking and smoking cigarettes and eating all the time, just like always consuming. So, just keeping himself going. It's gross. Certain point, yeah, he ended up having a heart attack uh, before he was ever even um, vice president, and then he became vice president, then he became president. And he died, uh, I think, in 1973. Don't quote me on that. Like early, uh, earlier 70s, 72, 73. So, but um, let's say he would have, I think it was after he would have been out. So it could have been 73 or 74. But let's say he would have ran for re-election in 68, which he didn't. And he could have. He decided not to. That's a conspiracy theory thing? No, no, no. That's that's fact. Uh, so, like, JFK gets assassinated. He finishes out that term as president. Gets reelected in 64. But the Vietnam just ta tanks. The Vietnam War tanks the presidency. So, in 68, America is so bad socially in terms of civil rights and internationally in terms of the Vietnam War um, that he just doesn't run for reelection. Too much controversy, too much drama. It's just a crazy year. Fifty years ago, but um, yeah, but he was constantly just living it. Like, like I, I there's a lot of uh, like why I mentioned this earlier when we first started talking. A lot of parallels between, uh, I'm sure Washington D.C. and uh, like the lifestyle that's going on with all these politicians that are you know, have offices in D.C. and, you know, I mean, you kind of get a little bit of that, uh, I think, insight into that on House of Cards, like these senators, which um, will no longer be a thing, I guess. I guess they're doing one more season, but there's not going to be Kevin Spacey. Pizzagate and stuff like that? Yeah, no, 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 no Pizzagate. But that's where you're going. I mean, that's where it evolves to. That's where, right? <clears throat> you know, I mean, like, we might as well just say Pizzagate. Pizzagate! Uh, which, uh, so has that been debunked? What? Was no. Pizzagate debunked? Well, how? Debunked? Like the actual story of that pizza Come place. On. No, I don't know, honestly, but. I looked pretty heavily into it. There, So there was, there is some substantiation to these um, Washington, D.C. politicians, senators, and, and people, not to get into any particular people, uh, 
in D.C. and even in L.A. that were um, arrested in 2017, like hundreds of people either attached to. But it wasn't all politicians. It wasn't all. But it was people connected with what was going on with them, you know, rings of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of like. I don't know. I don't know if it's like pockets like the like the Sandusky thing, you know. Um, where that's going on, uh, or if it's all interconnected. There's this crazy documentary. I brought it up the other day. It's um, I forget where I heard about it for the first time. It's called Conspiracy of Silence. I wouldn't tell anybody to watch it, but I do keep bringing it up, so you can watch it <laughs> if you want. But it's about the same stuff, man, just crazy. So, like, that's just like a shared, and, I mean, it's like I'm sure it's this way all throughout time, and, I mean, it's just people raising awareness to it, but, like, human trafficking, um, pedophilia or like child molestation whatever you want to whatever you want to call it is going on in dc in like in our you know political ranks it's going on in hollywood and people are talking about it all over the place Mm -hmm. that's been like one of the major themes that's what michael and i are going to get into well i think it's an important topic and i think that what elijah wood brought up is should be chilling to people you know, yeah. and his testimony is basically, you know, I thank the Lord for his mom the way she wanted to raise him, even though any any parent that wants to raise their children up in that industry, Come I, on. it's questionable. That's It's weird, you know. It's like that's this is a time to be, you know, uh, guarding and, um, well, just, I guess, preparing. A child not doing that. Hey, he'll throw you to the wolves, you know, yeah. before you even it's just crazy. But anyway, she did not allow him to go to these parties and stuff, which came out of his mouth. Like my mom didn't want me to do that because she knew this is how it's gonna be. And you heard Corey Hames testimony. I mean, that's or was it Feldman? They get passed around. That's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, that's how it works. It's awful, you know, and and Elijah was in that industry from the time that he was a, a small kid. Um, yeah. good. The good son. I mean, he's so young. North. So he was exposed to that stuff. And if you're going to, if you're going to be a star effer, you know, one of those people, then you're going to be exposed to all kinds of horrible stuff. It's horrible. Really. I, I know that industry is, so there's, wh- there's going to be, like I said earlier, there's going to be so much that gets on. Let, let me, let me ask you this. So like, like there's all these conspiracy theorists that say the reason that these older men or whoever it is, um, I've been telling people a story about this crazy lady that would kidnap these, uh, Mormon men and like chloroform them and like chain them up and rape them. <laughs> And they couldn't believe that a woman would do that to a guy so they wouldn't prosecute her. Maybe it's a fake story, but I read about it multiple places, and I was like, what? But um, <clears throat> but the reasoning behind like some of these people going after these kids is because they have this special type of energy and all of this, like crazy occult, like occult-like stuff. Sure, sure. And you, you see that historically. Um, speaking where that's kind of a, a little bit of a trend for even in some ancient cultures 100 percent. uh I mean, what, yeah. did you see any of that did you hear about any of that is that like do you know that that's people's reasoning where the, where is that coming from like what, well, what do you think i didn't see any of that any chatter any dark chatter, dark chatter. 
I mean, look, I was talking with somebody last night about uh, something that's published in an Alistair Crawley book. Oh, I've been talking about Alistair Crawley quite a bit. Well, I mean, you have to if you're into this kind of stuff. He, innocent lives are what people want. That's There's the most power involved there with these innocent children. Uh, babies is what you really want. But the, I guess, you know, I don't have too much insight here, but it's there. It's in his books. And it, and it goes back all the way into biblical times with... Well, see, he he studied uh, like crazy in Egypt, uh-huh. Alistair Crowley, uh-huh. so did Plato. Well, I mean, they're all worshiping to the same God, Moloch, Shamash, uh, you know, where they they would literally put children, their crying babies, on the arms of a... So, speaking of Moloch... Oh, boy. Bohemian Grove. Oh. What do you think about that? Man, I tell you... Speaking when, of babies. When I was into that, you know, I was big into... Did you ever go there? San Francisco, right? That was uh, Sonoma County somewhere. Yeah, so where where'd you say your mom and dad are from? Uh, they live in, well, not from there, but we live in Benicia. Uh, we, they. That's where I was raised. It's it's uh, about 30 minutes north of San Francisco. Hmm. Close to Napa, 30 minutes away. Napa's a little more north. But the Bohemian Grove is up towards, I believe it's in Sonoma County, which is very close to where I'm from. Crazy. There is an owl carved into a tree, apparently. Moloch. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I knew that they had that. I didn't. Know I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull. I mean, this could be a fake picture, but um, we'll, uh, we'll pull it up here. Well, I know that when Alex Jones. Uh, yeah, he did that documentary. Yeah, I mean, that was chilling, man. Chilling. So some people deny that that video, uh, or documentary, or whatever is, um, is real. What do you think? I think it's real. Oh yeah, me too. Um, and I'm not surprised because I know that the you know the elite powers that be are involved in all kinds of occult powers and all this kind of garbage. That's yeah, there is a, some sort of a dark element there. That's like that's I mean like everybody kind of hears about it, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's crazy to think about. But it, I mean, it, it, what blows my mind too is like the amount of politicians that have allegedly been, there, been, been filmed been there, at these. Yeah. So like here is. Um, Here's a picture of so some just Google um, Moloch Al San Francisco. I don't think that's gonna pull up a bigger image, but yeah. Somebody somebody told me it's a redwood, but it it looks like like that is carved out of a redwood, but it looks like stone. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is, but it looks like it looks like an owl. It looks like a crazy bird. It looks like more of a falcon to me. Well, whatever it like is. Like a sort of a crazy beak. Yeah. Well, and then they burn an energy. They, they have these robes. Yeah. I mean, it's very occult-like, just like we kind of mentioned that um, crazy. Was it Switzerland? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm going to just type in Switzerland yeah. Tunnel Goat Man. I think that's right. Oh, yeah, dude. Freaking me out. What the hell is that? New tunnel unveiled and bizarre demonstration. It was bizarre. Oh, it was super bizarre, dude. I was freaking out. I watched the whole thing. Michael told me about it one morning. Mm -hmm. Crazy goat man. What is it, Bamotep? Bamotep, something like that. What do you mean? The name of the the goat character. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it has a name. I think it's, let me me double check. I believe it's Bamotep. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah, um, it's got a weird spelling. I think Bamotef. 
Yeah. Anyway, crazy, crazy goat man, Satan, yeah. Satan goat man. It's no good, man. It's, it freaks me out. It's uh, it's definitely. But it's like I mean, any anything that that uh, any any part of life has the dark element associated with it. If people talk about the dark side of the force and give analogies or yin and yang. It's like any culture you study kind of has a way of describing it. It's like day and night, man. It's it's just there. It's like crazier stuff happens at night. It seems like like a lot of stuff you never see in the day stirs, crimes higher, um, animals you never see in the day come out and move around. Um, it's just, you know, it's a lot more chilling. You've been out, out like in the dark alone at night like out like driving on the interstate on 40 on the like going to vegas or something it's a desolate yeah you know no cars in sight and uh it's uh it's interesting how it's different this totally different feel it gives you than during the daytime mm -hmm. yeah man well uh once again dude thanks for coming on macromedia productions if you need any video work done give us a call uncle jerry yeah, that's Shout actually out. the nickname that you've given me. I appreciate that. Is yeah, that it's it's super cool to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not the only reason we're friends. I hope not. I was friends with you before I found out about Jerry. Yeah. I was mind blown when I found out. I was like, "You kidding me?" And then the Nashbridge is. Yeah, that was just the up. icing on the cake, yep. man. Icing. Icing. Cheech. All right, dude. Well, uh, we're gonna sign it off. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.